Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. The title of my message is called Standing on What We Know. Um, we're going to be starting in the book of Philippians. Um, and this is kind of where I got this message. Um, reading in Philippians and kind of looking and studying why and when Paul wrote these letters, um, Philippians really stood out to me because Paul's love for the Philippian church. There was something about the Philippian church when he started that church, I believe he started with like four or five women, and they started this church in Philippi, and he just had this super deep love um, for, for this church. And it, in, his, in his letter to them, he uses I, me, and my over a hundred times. And it's, it's he makes it very, very, very personal to them. And some of the verses like, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, that's 1-3. Uh, I hold you in my heart, 1-7. I yearn for all of you, 1-8. Um, and Paul's writing this from prison. And he really doesn't know how things are going to turn out for him. And he's just got this love for, for, for this church. And in this love, he starts verse 3. Verse 3, 1, it says, Rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and it is safe for you. Um, he's telling them the same things that he's already told them. He loves them. He wants them to get this. He wants them to understand. He's like, I'm going to tell you over and over and over. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. And he goes on in verse 16, 316, he reminds them again that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep telling you this and don't forget it. Verse 16 says, Paul says, only let us live up to what we already, only let us live up or hold true to what we have already attained. So Paul's telling them these things over and over again, and then he's, he's after he's, he gives them this awesome part of Scripture about um, uh, running the race and not already obtained it, but he's going to keep pressing forward, he, he tells them, but don't forget what I've already taught you. Don't forget these things that I'm telling you over and over. Um, I love the NLT. It says, says it like this. It says, but we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. That, that says it a little bit more clear for me than holding on to what I already attained. Don't lose the progress that we've already made. Sometimes, and it's, it's really good to, 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 to seek knowledge. We're supposed to. We're supposed to seek knowledge. We're supposed to get in the scripture and rightly divide it. But sometimes, in that seeking knowledge, um, we, can, we can forget some of just the simple, practical, foundational things that get us through 
those everyday situations and those everyday battles because we can get caught up on focusing on other things. And just like the Old Testament, they built altars everywhere. They were like, this happened here, I'm building an altar. That way I won't forget. That way I can remember. And we know that now we have the Holy Spirit with us. In the New Testament, they didn't really build altars everywhere. But Paul is continually reminding them, don't forget what I'm teaching you. Don't forget it. And so thinking about that and thinking about this love that Paul had for the Philippians and that he had for this church, I just began to think how this is God's letter to us. And God's love for us is, uh, I, Paul, there's one scripture that even says, God is uh, my witness that I, that I yearn from you like Jesus does. And uh, this is God's letter to us. And there's a lot of things in here that repeats itself from things and, and God's character and the stories that we hear and, and, and the letters that, that, that Paul wrote. A lot of his, his letters are talking about the same things he's telling to these churches. And there's a reason that that's in here because God loves us even more than Paul does. Even more than Paul loved the church at Philippi and God wants us to get this. He wants us to remember these things. He wants us to remember who he is. He wants us to know that. He wants us to stand on it and not forget it. Hold on to it. Hold on to what you've already attained. Don't lose that progress. Keep it. Um, so I thought we would look back at a couple um, attributes of God and just talk about a few Bible stories and just remember tonight who our God is. He's a powerful God. He's not a powerless God. He's our creator. He's a lot more things than just the, the four things that I'm going to talk about. He's a lot more things than, than what I'm going to talk about. But he's, he's everything and in everything, and everything is because of him, and everything exists in him. It's hard to even wrap your mind around it when we think about who God really is. Um, so I'm going to start with the first one, God, he's faithful. God is faithful. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. No matter what we do or our situation, God remains faithful. That's his character. That's who he is. And I want to talk about Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, God makes a covenant with Abraham. He says, I am going to bless your descendants from generation to generation to generation. And he tells them, from you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this, this great nation. And we know the, the story, the things that Abraham goes through and trying to get ahead of God. And, uh, you know, Ishmael is born. And, um, but even through the mistakes, even through those things, God remained faithful. And we see that with every single, every story that I'm going to talk about. God is, he's faithful in these stories too, but he honored this, he's still honoring this covenant. He made a great nation, and he's going to make a greater nation. 
That, that covenant is continual and continuing and continuing. He's faithful. He does what he says. This book is full of promises to us that have been fulfilled and that are still waiting to be fulfilled. And the ones that he has already fulfilled, he was faithful to fulfill them. And the ones that aren't fulfilled yet, he is faithful to fulfill those. And he's faithful in our prayers. He's faithful when, when, when we're sick. He's faithful. He sees us. He hears us. He's not going to give up. He's not going to stop. He's not going to get tired. He's going to remain faithful. I'm going to read. Let me read that scripture again. 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's God. That's who God is. Um, number two is that he's our provider. God provides. God provides everything that we need. Psalms 37.25 says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Moses is leading, some say, over a million. So 600,000 men, it says. And so you think about their wives and their children, it's probably over, over a million. Um, Jews out of Egypt and eventually into the wilderness. And God provides an escape first. We know that the, the Egypt's army is coming. They're in a valley. They got mountains on either side of them. They've got an, uh, the, the largest army with the greatest horses and chariots and warriors of that time pressing towards them and co coming towards them. And behind them at their back is the Red Sea. There's nowhere to go. And they're panicking. They're getting mad at Moses. They're like, what, what did you bring us out here for? You bring, bring us out here. Now we're going to die here. We're, would have been better to die in Egypt, you know? At least people would have known where our graves are at. And God makes a way. He provides a way. He always provides a way. A little tip in this, this is a, Jonathan always says, I'll give you a little freebie. So this isn't on the message, but this is a little freebie. Moses, in their panicking, in their complaining, complaining Moses Moses tells them to be silent. Be silent and watch God fight for you. And then God tells Moses, what are you crying to me for? That's, that's what it says in the verse. Why are you crying to me? Tell the people to go forward. And I read that and I'm like, okay. We all know they went forward. They crossed the Red Sea. But he hadn't parted it yet. He hadn't parted the sea yet. The next verse says... Then he tells, after he tells them to go forward, then he says, tells Moses, now turn around and raise your staff and do the thing. But he tells them to go forward first, and I just thought that how, maybe for us, sometimes we just need to walk by faith and not by sight. We just need to go forward. Maybe we'll just go forward, and that miracle, that, that healing that we're going to get, that escape, we might just walk and step right into it. Just by going forward, before it happens, walking in faith, not by sight. That's just a little freebie. Um, so we see that he provides ex uh, escape. Then in the story, 
um, we see that he, he provides warmth and he provides shade. They're walking through the wilderness. He leads them with a fire by night, this fire that, that guides them, shows them the way, provides warmth in a cold desert, in a wilderness. And then by day, it's a cloud to give them shade, to bring them comfort, to, to keep them... To, he really basically gives them what they need to be satisfied throughout, throughout the whole journey, even though they, compl even though they complain the whole time. Um, so we see that he, he provides that. Then we see that he feeds them. He gives them, this is, um, oh, like we, I just said, over a million people. Manna from heaven, just bread every morning that just appears, just comes from heaven. And then he sends water from a rock so that they have water. He provides a way. He makes a way. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if there's an army coming this way and uh, see it our back. God makes a way. He provides for us. We also wanted this, this, I read this a whole bunch of times and never really thought about it, but it says in Deuteronomy, it says that you have wandered for four, all these 40 years and your clothes did not wear out and your sandals on your shoes never wore off. For 40 years, their clothes, they were clothed out there in the wilderness. 40 years they were clothed and their sandals never wore out. That's what the word says. They never wore out. That's amazing. I wear out shoes in three months. I do. Three months. They're, they're probably made, and they're made better than probably their sandals were. Three months. So we see, man, he's our, he's our provider. He, he provides every, everything in every circumstance. And uh, we, we can see how he, he tried to make them comfortable and make them happy and even letting them see these miracles, you know, not just, he wanted them to see that he was sending them this, this providing for them with this bread from heaven. You know, there's, it's going to be there. You don't have to save it. Just, you just get enough for today. You know, and, and he wanted them to know, I'm working a miracle for you right now. I am, but they were just so caught up in grabbing, you know, a lot of them started grabbing too much. And um, we, we know the story. But he provides. He's, he's our provider. He's faithful and he is our provider. Um, so number three, he is our protector. Um, Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with us wherever we go. Um, when I was thinking about this and thinking about God as our protector, I thought about Elijah. And so Elijah is, is in a city. Did I write the city's name? I don't know if I did. I think Dothan is the name of it. And the king of Syria has sent chariots, 
horses, men, it says an army, to, to kill Elijah. And so they wake up and they see this army that has surrounded this city. I don't know how, really how big the city was, but um, I picture, you know, a little, like uh, maybe half the size of Wasco maybe, and, but just to think that the whole thing was surrounded by an army. And uh, the servant says, we're doomed. It's, we're done. What are we going to do? And Elijah says, what do you mean? There's more of us than there are of them. And he's like, what are you talking about? And Elijah says a, a, a simple prayer. God, please open his eyes so that he can see. And immediately his eyes were open, and he saw chariots and horses of fire all in between them and the army, up and it says up and on the mountains. And he says that there were more of, of the chariots of fire and the horses of fire than there were of the army. God is always going to protect his children. He is always going to protect his children. It may not look, we might not see it, it might not look like we think it should have looked, but God always fights for his children. That's biblical. God is always doing for his children. He is always working for the good for those called according to his purpose. He fights for his children. He protects them. Uh, one of the other things that I thought was awesome is, so they see the chariots, and they, he sees that there's more of them, but the army doesn't. So here comes the army. Elijah says a, pl a prayer and says, God, blind them. Blind them. So I don't know if they literally became blind. I think maybe they just couldn't see that that was Elijah. And so Elijah talks to him and says, oh, he's over here. Leads them off and takes them to Samaria. And, and then God opens their eyes and they end up leaving you know, and then they never come back. God protected him. God did whatever he had to do. First, he made them, he protected them in a way he opened their eyes and let them see, nothing's going to happen here because I've got you. You're surrounded. That's the first thing he did. He, he made them know, okay, okay, God's got me. And then when they charged, Elijah says that prayer, and then, bam, they get to see again. Wow, God is for me. We may not get to see it quite like that and in that way, but I promise you that God is protecting you from things, from things in myself, things I don't even know about every single day. He is keeping the enemy at bay. He is fighting for me. His angels are on assignment concerning every single person in this building. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. So we see that God is faithful. We see that God is our provider. He's our protector. And like I said, he's a lot more things than, than, than all these things that I'm talking about. Um, but number four, God, it's not really something about who he is. It's something that he does. And I just really wanted to touch on this, and this is something that I really want everybody to, to get. And 
to remember that God uses whoever he wants to. Me, you, God uses whoever he wants to. Acts 10.34 says, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. Romans 9.21 says, Has the potter no right over the clay to make out the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? God will take whoever he wants to and turn them in an average not even a below average, and he will qualify them to do something so mighty for the kingdom that it just blows you away. Gideon. Gideon was threshing, threshing wheat. We've t- I've talked about Gideon before. He's threshing wheat in a cave, hiding from all the ites that are trying to come in and steal their food, and, and he has a real bad self-esteem problem. Gideon just has no self-esteem. He just thinks he's the worst of everybody, and then he thinks he's the worst of his family, and, you know, the worst of these people, and he's the worst of this, and, and we see God takes Gideon. He takes who he is right then. Right then, right there. He, he comes in and says, hey, Gideon, Mighty warrior. Gideon's like, what? What are you talking about? I'm no mighty warrior. I'm hiding, you know. But he takes Gideon right there in his self-esteem problem and says, no, you're about to go with like 400 people and fight an army of like 15,000, and you're going to win. I'm gonna, we're going to start out with like, you know, you're going to have more than enough, but then we're going to take some people away, and then we're going to get down to like 400 men, and you're going to go do this. And then that same person, all it was was God. God made him. God changed his focus. God changed his view of who he was. He was no longer the lowest. He was no longer the, the, the weakest. He was like, oh, he did, now, he did kind of test God a little bit. He was like, okay, if you, this is true, then make this fleece wet and everything dry. He did it twice, but God did it. God's like, okay, if this is what you need, There's our provider again. I'm going to provide you what you need so you can go get the job done. He does it. And Gideon goes and gets the job done. He takes takes the unqualified and he qualifies them. David, a shepherd boy. He's a shepherd boy. Teenager. God sees this this boy and sees a boy after, after his own heart. And he takes this shepherd boy and anoints him king. And this anointed king goes back out to tend the sheep. He takes some cheese to his brothers on supposed to be just this little simple task, and he ends up slaying a giant. And after he slays the giant, he's in the the king's presence and in the king's house, and and his whole life changed in, in an instant. But we see that God took a shepherd boy and made him the most mighty king that Israel has ever had. He, he didn't have, he did have royal blood in him. <laughs> he, just didn't, he just didn't realize it. He had royal blood in him. But he wasn't, he wasn't rich. He wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't in the, 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 a line to be king or a prince or anything. But God made him the mightiest king 
that Israel has ever known. Peter. We've got to come to the New Testament real quick. Peter was a fisherman. He, that was his, he didn't, he didn't go to school. You know, some, some of the, the men of that day, if, if they looked like they were kind of smart as a child, they would say, okay, this, this, this one's kind of smart, but we're going to take, we're going to let him come and, and, and to, to learn the, the scrolls, and we're going we're gonna to teach this one. But uh, it, it, was, it wasn't just like uh, uh, it is now, where everybody gets an education. That's just not how it was. Peter didn't have that education. He fished. He was brought up fishing. He was a fisherman outdoors, doing stuff with his hands. And God comes up to him one day and says, come on. Jesus says, come on, follow me. And on you, Peter, the fisherman, I'm going to build my church. You're the rock that I'm going to build my church on, a fisherman with no education. I'm going to build my church on you. The church, the church, us. This right here, we're still doing it 2,000 years later. That fisherman, God used that fisherman to build his church. Amazing. One thing about Peter that is amazing is as soon as he got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, that, that, that day of Pentecost, and people, well, they're drunk. He stands up and gives a message and starts quoting Isaiah and quoting these, these scriptures from the Old Testament like the back of his hand, and they're like, what in the world? This guy's, this is just a common guy. How in the heck is he quoting these scriptures and stuff? Man, that's what God can do. God can do a, a, a miraculous thing with things that people give up on. God can totally change things I mean, from, from one day to the next. We see Peter was a fisherman one day. God was building his church on him on the next. The last one is Paul. Paul was, when you, when you talk about be all you can be, Paul was all he could be. He was a Pharisee. He was a Hebrew. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, he had been taught by one of the greatest uh, Pharisees of that time. He was a student underneath him. Uh, uh, it, it also says, and as for zeal, he was killing the church, persecuting those who followed Jesus, the church of the way. Paul stood for them being imprisoned and for them being killed. He stood and watched them stone Stephen, the first martyr of the church. And it says he was okay with it. They laid their, their, their clothes at, at his feet while they stoned him. This was a persecutor of the church. We read about the, these kind of people to beware of in here. We read about people who come up against the church that one day it's going to be hard, that, you know, that um, there's going to be people out there that are going to hate you, that are going to come up against you. He was one of these people. He thought he was right. He was one of these people that came up against them. And on the road to Damascus one day, Jesus said, hey, what are you doing? And what, what gets me is immediately he says, he says, who are you, Lord? He says, who are you, Lord? He knew. He knew who it was. 
And from that day on, his life changed in an instant. He lost his sight for three days. When Ananias came and gave him his sight back, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it says that he immediately went out and started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, started preaching him, him crucified and him resurrected. He had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. And man, we can see that, that God uses whoever he wants. He uses whoever he wants to use. And it doesn't matter your age. It, do, it doesn't matter your background. I was, I was sitting in a park getting high six and a half years ago. This, if you'd have told me that I'd be standing up here saying anything about the Lord, I would have told you, you're crazy. I, I, I like to talk, but I'm not going to get up and talk in front of a bunch of people, especially about something I don't know nothing about. It's, it's when God wants something done, he is going to use the ones that he knows is going to do the job. And he is going to give them every single thing that they need in order for them to do the job. When, when they were going to try to kill Paul when he was in prison, uh, when he was going to go before the, the, the Sanhedrin, they had this plot. They were going to kill him. And they had these spies, and they, they, these spies said that they weren't going to eat or sleep or, and, until they, they, he was dead. And the same people that were putting on trial protected him on the way to court. He provides everything that we need, even in circumstances that we think, why in the world am I here right now, God? How did this happen? How did I get here? He's still providing. He's still providing. Even in the worst circumstances that we have, somewhere in those circumstances, we can still see God's love, his strength, his provision, his faithfulness. Somewhere in those circumstances, we can still see that. And that's, that's a really awesome thing about these, these, all these stories that I just talked about. You can see God's faithfulness, his provision, his protection, and how he qualifies the unqualified in every single one of those stories. I just decided to pull one thing out of each one to, 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 to talk about. But each one of those things you can see in, in those stories. And even more than that, his love. All those things that he is doing, his faithfulness, his provision, protecting, using the unqualified and qualifying them and using them for mighty things, that all comes from his love for us. And these are men and women of God. These are men and women of God. These are men and women of God. They're not, they're not superheroes. They're ordinary men and women who God used in a mighty way. It was God in them that did these things, that was able to accomplish these things. Every single person out here, I believe, getting to this point, this is what I, what I want everybody to remember right now, and it's Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Those, these, every one of these stories that I talked about right now, they've happened a long time ago. But guess what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His protection is the same. His faithfulness is the same. His provision is the same. 
his, his, him using the unqualified and qualifying them, using men and women of God in the same way, the same way. He does it. We see it. it. We don't thank goodness that we don't have to grab a sword and a shield and go out, you know, and fight an army to have to see it. I'm glad we don't have to do that. I might, like, in my mind think, well, I, I, you know. No, I'm very happy that we don't have to do that. There's so many other ways that we can see God work. And you guys can, everybody here, we need to know that God can use you in a mighty way the way he's supposed to use you. Everybody's different. I'm different than you. You're different than me. You're different than this person. We're, we're all different, and we all have different gifts, and we can be used in different ways. But God uses the body. He uses everyone. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He is all these things and even more. And I just hope that tonight, really, my aim was just to remember these things, kind of just remind ourselves a little bit of who God is, some of the things that he's done, because those things that he's done before, that's, that's nothing compared to the book of Revelations, what we're going to see. The things that we're going to see, all those things, we're going to see some, some really cool stuff. <laughs> we're going to see some awesome stuff. And, and he's going he's gonna to use us. He's going to use you. And don't be, don't be afraid to go forward. That little, that little freebie that I gave is still speaking in my, in my mind right now. Don't be afraid to take, to just go forward. Walk by faith and not by sight. Maybe there's something somebody's been praying about. Uh, maybe there's, an, I don't know, maybe an opportunity or a job opportunity or something that, that somebody's been thinking about. Don't be afraid for, to just go forward. I just feel that in my spirit right now. Don't be afraid to just go forward. Just go forward. Sometimes we have to. If God shuts the door, it shuts. If God opens it, he opens it. And sometimes we're waiting for the door to open or shut when we need to go forward for him to open it or shut it, if that makes any sense. Well, that's all I've got for you guys tonight. And um, I hope you just go home remembering who God is and who he is to us and how much he loves us. And he don't stop. He never gets tired or weary, you know. He never changes when, even though we change from day to day. Sometimes we get on a little emotional ride, roller coaster ride, you know. And uh, uh, we can be up, we can be down. Don't look at your wife when I said that. <laughs> we can be on a, you know, we can get going sometimes and, uh, you know, but, but God doesn't do that. He is, he is exactly the same that he was when his spirit was just hovering over the water, when the earth was formless and void. He's, he's, he's that God, he's the same God. He's the creator, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. He's all those things and even more. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.